It's time to pick up the phone. Answer that call. This call is your calling and you can't hide from it or ignore it. That passion you have to help people and make a difference isn't going anywhere. You deserve to get paid and paid well doing work you love and changing lives. Everything in your life has led you here. And now we're here to help you figure out how to make your destiny your reality. Welcome to Six Figure Certified Coach, the podcast hosted by Inner Glow Circle. IGC is an internationally accredited life coaching school created to take your existing professional skills paired with your life experience and turn it into a six-figure coaching business. We've trained thousands of successful coaches and now it's your turn. Let's get focused, get real, and get you six-figure certified. Welcome everyone. It's Katie DePaula, founder of Inner Glow Circle here, coming to you live, six-figure certified coach. And today I'm interviewing Sam Sinnott. Welcome, Sam. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be hanging out with you today. I know. It, this is this is exciting for me. I've never yeah. done one of these before, so we'll. I hope the feeling <laughs> is mutual and you're also excited to be hanging out with me. I am excited to be hanging out with you. Okay, good. All right, now that we have that squared away. So Guys, Sam is really multifaceted and I'm so excited for our conversation today. She's a certified life coach through Inner Glow Circle. She's a licensed clinical social worker, and she's also considered an expert in treating trauma disorders, which is really specific and really important. And we're going to touch on all of this. So you've got some skills, girl. (laughs) Thank you. I I hope I have some skills at this point uh, after all of the years and all of the personal trauma that is going through graduate school and doing all the things that it takes to, to have, I guess the license and now this certification. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. So Sam, what is your company called and what exactly is your mission and your main focus of your business? Yeah. So I run Samsonet coaching LLC. Um, I, I feel like my mission is to provide trauma informed coaching, um, and, and to help women feel powerful and just really draw a line and take ownership of their dreams or their desires for their life. I love that. And tell us what is your relationship to IGC? Yeah. So I went through the coach training program in the spring of 2020. So right at the start of what we know to be this pandemic. Um, and I, so I graduated in in the fall of 2020. Mm -hmm. And now I work with you all. I do some admissions advising for prospective um, students. And then I lead some of the calls inside of the circle, which is our like exclusive Facebook group for all of our students. And then, yeah, I guess I'm an IGC coach too. So all the things. What do you mean? Yes, you are. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, so many roles, so many fun things to talk about and unpack. So uh, one story I love about you, Sam, that we talk about a lot. And I I know I have your permission to talk Mm -hmm. about this because we've told this so many times, but is how nervous you were to sign up for IGC coach training. Can we chat about that for a minute? Yeah. Yes, we can. That was not that long ago. Honestly, it wasn't. And so classes had just started and you were still on the fence, right? And we have this little 
<laughs> period of time where we're allowed with the ICF to still let students in and we have enough time to get them caught up and on pace with everyone else. And we were still chatting. I think you would talk to one of our other admissions advisors at the time, which is like so funny that now you're an admissions advisor, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were like still on the fence. And I remember Rachel saying to me, like this, this girl, Sam is like really great. She's like almost there. She's very, very nervous. And so you and I set up a call and, you know, for my understanding from what we chatted about was like, you were just so nervous about the money piece of things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was nervous is like, I don't know what the more extreme form of nervousness was. Maybe like, yeah. Petrified. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yes. About money and about there, there are other pieces to it too, but yeah, primarily the money and the investment. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to get into your six figure story and hopefully convince you to peel back the layers and tell us like the real deal. But I remember back then, so this was like, what, uh, a year and a half ago now, almost two years ago, right? Almost two years ago. And Mm -hmm. I remember telling you that I was also in my early twenties when I decided to get certified as a life coach. And I was very nervous about the money. So I like really got that. And most people are right. Most of us haven't put aside money to invest in ourselves in this way. We might buy vitamins or we might take ourselves shopping or, you know, treat ourselves to different vacations or things like that. But most of us haven't invested in a life coach or a life coaching program or personal development in this way. We're like the extent of it is like, you know, the 1795, like hardcover book. Right. Mm -hmm. So my whole thing though, and I want to get to yours was that I made a plan to make it back during training. And that's how IGC became so focused as a premise on helping students get a return on their investment, get paying clients while in training. So I remember saying to you after, after we talked and hearing like your drive and your passion and your commitment that like, I really thought, like I truly felt that you could do the same thing and that you were going to be okay financially. And so you sent me back this like really powerful and vulnerable email. Do you remember this? Uh, and now I will say I did not remember this uh, before because I think I sent this when I was still in a state of shock, but, but I do, I do remember now sending it. (laughs) Can we talk about this? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Feel free. Okay. So this is from like April, like April, this is from April, 2020 weeks after the pandemic started. I don't have to read the whole thing, but Sam writes me this very sweet email and she's like, you know, she's she, we've had gotten off the phone and she's like, I just wanted to share my process with you. After we got off the phone, I cried. I took a shower and I was standing there. Look, this is like important for people to hear. I know. Everyone I know goes through some version of this. Poor Sam. She's, if you guys see, see us on video at all, she's like so embarrassed, but we've all had this story. And this is what she said. She said, I decided that once I got out of the shower, so she's like in the shower and she's like, I decided that once I got out of the shower, I was going to be done with my other mindset. And she said, quote, this is the last time you will cry in the shower because you chose others over yourself. And I just think that's so powerful. Like we've all had those moments where we're crying in the bathtub or crying under the covers or crying in the shower, crying in the car, whatever, or screaming or punching a pillow or, you know, whatever the case is, because we don't know how to choose ourselves. 
And I think that's so cool to talk about that in that moment, that's what that signified to you. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, up to that point, I was definitely just kind of checking the boxes of what m- made the most sense for me. I w- I'm a first generation college graduate. My dad didn't even graduate high school. And so, wow. so for me, my whole life was playing it safe out of like a kind of a trauma response in some ways, but, and also feeling like I was carrying the cross of my family's name, like as dramatic as that sounds, that's, that's kind of where I was. And I think the conversation with you and with, I think it was Rachel that I, that I talked to beforehand just made me realize like, and reflect on have any of the decisions I've made up to the self true, like up to this point, truly been my own, like really have been the ones that I organically thought of and thought, yeah, this is what's best for me. And I realized it hadn't been. And I think that's where the tears were coming from. It wasn't even the fact that like I had made this investment or had decided to kind of pivot my career, it was, holy shit, sorry, holy, holy crap. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to choose myself and I'm, this is the first time I'm doing it. And it was kind of like a grief moment, but also a moment of like, yeah, I felt powerful. Even if I was just in my shower, <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. Because it's like these, it's like, you know, generational it's decades within your own life, right? Mm -hmm. It's like day to day, not choosing yourself. And we're going to get more into your story and why, you know, what that looked like, right? Where your life was and what the result was of not choosing yourself. Mm -hmm. But I I remember you said in your email, like you were feeling really nervous. You had just signed up and you were like, I'm, I've just did it. I'm still feeling really nervous. I'm still overwhelmed. But you said, this is quote again, but truly this is probably the first time in my life I've done what I wanted for the sole reason that I desired it. Mm -hmm. Mic drop. Like Mm -hmm. that is just so important because Mm -hmm. so many times like we look for like signs or what am I supposed to do with my life or what's next or, Mm -hmm. and it's like when you really pause and, and think and feel most of us have like a desire that's like keeping our heart beating. Yeah. And we're just not listening to it. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so true. Like it's there, even if it feels covered up by a lot of past negative experiences or failures or what we would call like limiting beliefs or, you know, messages you got from your family or society. Yeah. I feel like it's there for everybody. Um, yeah, mine, mine was covered. So I don't know if I ever told you this, but, um, but I actually made a three part, like Facebook post series Mm -hmm. where I was asking people, what would you do in my situation? Oh God. Like like, I made a series of three posts. And if there are people from my, from my life that listen to this, they will, they will remember this where it was like, like in one night I made three different Facebook posts where I was like, okay, just a poll. I just want to know, you know, like if your heart was pulling you towards something that your head was trying to really steer you clear of, you know, what would you do? Like I was that insecure and I was that scared like of myself back then um, that I was literally asking random Facebook friends like what I should do. And now I'm night and day, but it's just, that was like a year, like you said, almost two years ago, it wasn't that long ago. So. Yeah, like the pull the audience approach. (laughs) Liv Chapman, my co our co-founder in IGC, like she always talks about this, how like before she found coaching, she would 
ask everyone except for herself what mm -hmm. to do every step mm -hmm. of the way. But, you know, I want to pull out one thread here, Sam, which is like, you use the word insecure and like, I'm not, I'm not here to like argue or tell you how you were feeling back then. Obviously, you know, you know, but I think it's also a level for a lot of us who are starting out or unsure about things. It's also just like an experience or not mm -hmm. having practiced something or like not having seen examples of something, right? Like for you, this was like generational. I, I really, it was you, I think that like a few weeks ago posted something on Instagram. It was like a repost. Hopefully like, I'm probably going to butcher it. Hopefully you'll fix what I just said, what I'm about to say, but it was like this meme that basically said something like, um, it ran in my family until it ran into me. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that you that posted that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's like such a good way to say it. And for me, like I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. The difference was that everyone worked in the family business. So like that was really hard for me to do differently and to get out of that pattern mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're going to like, this is the safe way to be an entrepreneur, like stay in the family business. Right. And so everybody has something. And like, I think we judge ourselves as like not being confident or being insecure or like, and again, like use whatever words feel right for you. But for those of you who are listening, who relate to this, like you might not, you might just not have a lot of examples. Like you might just not have the steps. Right. And so some of it's that too, I think mm -hmm. that helps along the way. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I think you're spot on. Spot on. So Sam, you started your coach training certification during a pandemic tight on funds and scared shitless, <laughs> right? So I, yes. I, I always think of things this way. This is like how I explain things to my husband. Right. But like, I'm like, look, if the, if that's a nine, like the fear and all that shit was loud, it was a nine, something else had to be a 10 for you to move forward. Right. So what was your 10? Like what actually propelled you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So <sighs> there's so much bundled up in the 10, I think, but like the theme of it is like, honestly, just having strands of hope, like at, at up to the point of learning about coaching being a potential option for me, like making that realization, learning about IGC meeting you, I was pretty hopeless, um, in, in my life. Like I, I had been through so much in the three years prior to IGC the, my, my dad passed away unexpectedly. Um, when I was 23, mm -hmm. I had just come out of a really abusive relationship. Um, I was $50,000 plus in student loan debt, but I had finished my degrees and like, should have been extremely happily happy, but I've had that moment of like, this is it. <laughs> like, this is it. This is it. Um, so I was really hopeless, but like you were just kind of saying with the inexperienced piece, um, and how you just, you maybe haven't encountered people who have done what you are aspiring to do or have stories that sound like your own. I had started reading stories about other women, like changing their lives or their financial futures in a really abrupt, like maybe unconventional way. Mm. And I had this recurring thought of like, well, if she could, like, couldn't I too? And I mm. think it was that thought of like, if she could, couldn't I too? That was probably like my 10. So, yeah, I love that. I love that. And, 
you know, you got to a point where you like took a bet on yourself. Right. Cause like, we're never sure. Like yeah. I can sit there and be like, Sam, you're going to do a great job, but like, you're just meeting me and you're like, okay, who is this woman? You know, mm-hmm. what made you bet on yourself, even though you were so nervous? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am generally very head driven. So for me, this was where like my logic based brain actually helped me. Um, I just realized that at the end of the day, like I really have always had my own back. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I've never gotten myself into a situation I couldn't get myself out of. Um, And at the beginning, like I already sort of mentioned, like I was borrowing belief from other women's stories that felt similar to mine. So I think it was the culmination of like recognizing I wouldn't have made the other choices in my life, like getting myself into a house's worth of debt. you know, before 25, if I didn't really think I could get myself out of it. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it was recognizing that and then just staying very close and, and immersed in like the stories again, of other women who had made changes and like had their lives do one eighties because they did bet on themselves and they, and they won, you know? So I love that. And I love that term borrowing belief, right? Like we, sometimes we don't, know how it's going to happen, but we've seen it happen for other people. And like, that has to be the evidence that it's possible. Mm-hmm. So Sam, earlier, when I asked you to come on the show, I also asked you to tell me about your six figure success story. And we're going to get into the actual numbers. People love to hear people's financial truths. So mm-hmm. we will go there, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's about more than that. It's about having a six figure life, right? Like you're a lot about health, you're a lot about loving your body. You're a lot about, you know, creating a life that is on your terms. And one thing you said that I loved was making a five-figure investment in myself, aka making a bet with myself that I would in fact win. I just want to say that again, because I love the way you say that, that when we make investments in ourselves, we're making a bet on ourselves that we will in fact win whatever it looks like, right. That we'll figure it out. So tell me more about that. Cause it's so cool and powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I feel like generally we underestimate our actual potential when we've played it safe our whole lives. Um, and that, and that would have been the cliff notes version of my life. Like, like played it safe, stayed the straight and narrow, like put the blinders on, did what is conventional, conventionally expected, you know, at the time that I was growing up, I'm a millennial. So it was like, you go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, you get, you take out whatever money is needed to, to have that experience. And then you go get a job. you better find something that you're sold on. Cause you just spent all that money getting there. And then you're going to stay right. there and hopefully work your way up and be happy and buy a house, have kids. And, and like, I never knew my, my actual potential because that path was laid, laid for me by like somebody else or someone's else, like lots of people. So when I say like, I made a bet on myself that I would in fact, win, I made a bet because I had no idea what my actual potential was. I had no like evidence to show how far I could actually stretch or what I could really achieve or, you know, um, I, I don't know. I hope that makes sense, but I had never had that opportunity. So it was, it felt like I just walked up to a table and threw a bunch of money down and was like, all right, it's me or nothing. <laughs> so, so yeah. 
Right. But that's where like vision comes in, right? Like obviously mm-hmm. you had a level of vision there. Like this is possible. This is possible for other people. So it's mm-hmm. gotta be possible for me. And then you started taking mm-hmm. bets from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sam, one of the things that's really unique about you. And one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on the podcast was to talk about your journey from therapy to coaching between therapy and coaching, like that whole world. Right. So you're a therapist and you're also a coach and both of those have come with different trainings, certifications. I'm sure there's some overlap, but I'd love to hear from you. If you're open to sharing in your words, what is the difference between coaching and therapy for those of us who have no clue? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so first we'll just start with therapy. So, so therapy is a health profession. Okay. It, it, it's regulated by your state's board, um, or mm-hmm. whatever board, if, if you're not even, if you're not in the United States, it's regulated by some governing board and it requires a license. You can't call yourself a therapist without having several things without having the education, which re- requires that minimum in the United States, it's a master's degree. Um, you also have to have a certain number of clinical hours completed under a board approved supervisor. You have to have passed your state's licensure exam. And there's all these other things as well, but those are the biggies. And you could be sued. You could be stripped of your license, barred from practicing. You could face jail time, lots of fines. If you lie about being a therapist inside of therapy, um, you know, the therapist is considered the expert in, in treating a certain realm of disorders, you know, that's been diagnosed in the client. And as therapists, we can at times and need to tell the client what to do so they can experience relief of their symptoms. Mm. And so we're, we're taught in school that there is a power dynamic inside the therapeutic relationships. And Mm -hmm. we have to be extremely selective on like what personal information we share. The boundaries Mm -hmm. are super firm. Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to engage in what's called dual relationships. So my client can't be my Facebook friend, Mm -hmm. you know, and ultimately Mm -hmm. therapy is focused on reducing a person's symptoms and helping them return to whatever a healthy baseline level of functioning looks for them. So that's therapy. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. Talk to us about coaching. So coaching isn't obviously about diagnosing, evaluating, or treating people and coaching the client and the coach are more in a 50, 50 partnership. Like, Mm -hmm. And coaching, and in my opinion, personally, coaching is less emotionally intense and laborious than when you're a therapist, um, because the only as what, a practitioner, yeah, yeah, like be, mm-hmm. having like doing both, I feel more exhausted coming out of a therapy session than I coaching. That's really interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and so the coach really, the onus is on the client and the, and the coach helps the client actualize their full potential by like setting up systems of accountability to help them achieve their goals. You know, we mm-hmm. focus on empowering the client to, to identify their limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then I, in my opinion, a well-trained and ethical coach isn't telling the client what to do. You know, the coach is helping the client develop that confidence to make their own decisions, solve their problems. And if we want to offer a suggestion, you know, we ask for permission before we, before doing that to reiterate that the client really is in the driver's seat. And the last piece, which I wish was different, um, is that like coaching isn't regulated. Like, you know, technically, Mm -hmm. you know, anybody can wake up 
and start charging people to, to help them with their life. Um, we do right. have, of course, the International Coaching Federation, which again, in my opinion, if you want to do it the ethical way and you want, you, you care about people's well-being and creating a safe space, you'll, you'll go that route. But anybody can call themselves a life coach. Doesn't mean they should, but they technically can. Um, so that was really thorough. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've given that and like spiel enough times to people, whether it's professionally to therapists or clients or friends when they're like, what are you doing that? I, I feel like I got it down. <laughs> it's interesting because like on one hand, it's really nuanced, the differences. And then on the other hand, it's like super different, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's like, wow, these are really two very separate, very different career paths. But I think in a lot of ways, um, of course, with exceptions, they're two paths to sort of a similar experience in your career. Mm -hmm. If you want to be of service to people. Mm -hmm. Um, so what if I was a client, like, how would you, you know, if, well, first of all, do your coaching clients know that your coaching clients know you're a therapist, like you're transparent about everything. Right. So like Mm -hmm. everyone knows you're doing both these things. So are your coaching clients ever like, can you also be my therapist? So not, I, I honestly, that's never happened. What has happened is therapy clients asking to transition to coaching. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you describe the difference to clients? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you were, if you were coming to me and you're like, I need help, I don't know what kind of help I need, which is usually, I think what people will say is I I would say something like, okay, like there are two options. You know, if you go the therapy route, this is what it is. Therapy is oriented in the past so that we can treat your present symptoms and diagnosis. We, we we're working to help you find some sort of healing or peace by, you know, diving into your past and the memories or the life experiences that are um, you know, like contributing to your current thoughts and feelings. And sometimes that means talking about trauma and resolving trauma. Mm -hmm. And in therapy, you know, I'm going to use my expertise, my education, these formalized trainings to teach you new coping skills that can help you feel relief from a health standpoint. And if we go the therapy route, you know, just, just so that, you know, once our therapy is over, you know, and we've decided that you're, you're in a much better place, you know, that's where our relationship will stop. Um, so that's kind of the, the synopsis of therapy. I feel like I give for coaching. I'll say something like, you know, coaching on the other hand is oriented in the present and it focuses on the future you and like what future you wants to create for yourself. Um, you know, in coaching, we're on a much more level playing field, you know, you're in the driver's seat and you can kind of think of me as like, holding the GPS and helping you get back on the road if you start to veer off. Um, And that in coaching, we are going to focus more on like goal setting, your future systems of accountability. And we're really drawing a line to to kind of stop dwelling in the past. And so at the end of coaching, we may still interact, (laughs) you know, you, you might still be on my social media. You are still in, you know, in my circle in some way. Um, So the, the lines are way less relationship. Mm -hmm. Hi, it's Kalia, IGC coach training grad and six-figure certified coach. I know you're here listening to these incredible stories of successful coaches and wondering, when will it be my turn? I'm sure you entered this year with the goal of finally stepping into your purpose. And there is no better way than enrolling in IGC's internationally accredited coach training program. 
Enrollment is open now and it is your turn. So take the first step by going to innerglowcircle.com forward slash call right now and book a free call with me. Your six-figure certified story starts today. So sort of a real life example of vulnerable share, if I may, yeah. um, from my own life. So my, my now husband and I were going to couples therapy, I don't know, like mid 2020. It was like pandemic. We had just moved in together because we loved each other, but also because of the pandemic. And he had been living in New York city and I was in DC and we were long distance and nobody wanted to be in New York and blah, blah, blah. Right. So we kind of get thrown together. We'd only been dating for six months and we were really struggling. Like we were really struggling to live together and put our lives together. And, um, kind of at that point where we're like, we're not sure if like, we're going to stick with this or give up on the relationship or whatever. And so we agreed to go to couples therapy and we were pretty like, uh, consistent with it. Like, I, I think we did like eight sessions, probably over two or three months, something like that. But we got to this point, Sam, where there just like, wasn't anywhere else that the therapist could go with us. Like she had, she would say the same thing to us every session, which was basically, you guys just need to like accept each other. Like that's a big part of a relationship. You have to accept each other. And then it got to this point where she was just repeating herself every session. And I was like, oh my God, this is what we tell all of our students that the differences between therapy and coaching, like once you do the deep work and dig into the past and like his childhood and my childhood and how they interplay in our relationships and the loss of my brother and how that affects, you know, me and relationships, yada, yada, yada. Like we explored all of that territory. And I remember saying to him, like, babe, if we're going to like, keep, if we want to keep doing something at some point, like we're going to need like a relationship coach. Like now it's about like, we wanted her to start to talk us through like, well, what do you want to create? And when do you want to get married? And I'm like, that's project planning. Like that's coaching, you know, Uh and she's not going to go there with us. And like, she just, it was interesting to hear. And she was like really old school. Like, I don't know, not that like age matters, but she was like in her sixties, you know, and like, she was very, very traditional in her approach to therapy. And there was no mention of what kind of relationship do you want to have? And what does the future look like for you guys? And how could we like create from the future? Like in coaching, we create from the future. We look at the future that you want to have, what you desire, and we work backwards to actually create it. Right. And there was just no mention of that. So it was really interesting to have that experience and also have it with another person and realize like where therapy often ends and a modality like coaching has to pick it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is why I was saying most people, they start in therapy or not most, I shouldn't say most, not my clients, but like I have a handful of people who start in therapy. They, they come to me because they, they know, so like they've heard about coaching and they're like, but I think I need to talk about this really, you know, traumatic thing that happened to me. And I need to figure out a solution to the pain that I feel before I can think about changing my career, before I can think about, you know, moving across the country, leaving my partner or whatever, you know, like whatever it is. So yeah, I think most people might start there and then they'll come into coaching. Um, and there's been one or two occasions in coaching where in the first 
session, I'm like, mm, this isn't for you right now. You know, like, uh, you know, I'm going to recommend that you, you right. know, go to, go to a therapist first and work this out. Um, because I want to keep this safe space and, or you can go work that out and I can work with you kind of in tangent. Right. Um, yeah, a lot of yeah. people have a coach and a therapist side by side and, yeah. you know, you, there's obviously going to be some overlap and crossover, but there's certain things maybe you bring to your therapy session. And then you kind of take that and you're like, okay, here's what I discovered in my therapy session. And here's what I want to do with it. Coaching mm-hmm. is a lot more forward moving. And mm-hmm. I think it's also like a little bit personality types. Like for me, I'm just speaking for myself, but like, I'm not someone who likes to dwell in the problem. Like I like to find solutions. I like to move forward. And so coaching, I had the experience when I was younger. So probably up until like 25 where like, I just did not like therapy. I was like, therapy is not for me. It doesn't work for me. It had, it, it just wasn't solving the problems that I was having internally. And then I hired a few coaches. I hired a health coach and then I hired a business coach. And I was like, wow, like, I love this. This is exactly what I need. And then when my brother passed away, I was like, oh my God, I can't talk about the future. I like, that was when therapy became really relevant for me. And so it really is interesting. It's actually really beautiful how both modalities can interplay and how they have such different purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So let's talk a little bit about coaching and therapy as career paths. Let's say mm-hmm. that I'm listening to this podcast and I'm someone who wants to help people. I love helping them solve problems. I want to be of service to others. I love listening to people share their deepest secrets. Should I become a coach or should I become a therapist? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the class, I feel like the most therapy way I can answer that is it depends. It's a, <laughs> but, this is obviously a trick question. So yeah, it's a, it's a trick question. Yeah, no. So, but I will put on my coach hat for a minute okay. and to whoever, to whoever is listening, like nobody can tell you what to do here. Right. Like I can't answer that for you. Right. Um, I think both options, like you mentioned, they're wonderful and meaningful for different reasons and serve different purposes. But I think it's this, I think it like really depends on the life that you desire to create and, and where you're starting at, you know, I think there's, it, it depends on like the level of risk you're willing to take. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, you know, in being an entrepreneur as a coach like that, there's, there's risk involved in entrepreneurship. Um, you know, as a therapist, you could easily go get a nine to five in a structured system where you're, I mean, there's never not going to be a job for me as a clinical social worker they're out Mm -hmm. there by the millions, like Mm -hmm. they're there. And so I think that's a big piece. I also think like, what is the investment you're willing to make? And what I've learned from you, beautiful woman is like, it, not just financial investment, but also time, you know, like maybe you are right now, like you have a whole family, like you have a whole family for yourself. You have kids and a a partner yourself. You have a whole family. (laughs) I'm like, what is that like? (laughs) But like, you, you know, like you're in a different place for like maybe going back to school or going to school, like really logistically, that's not feasible for you. Um, so, you know, maybe in that, you know, that coaching would make more sense, but I think at the bottom line, like you already kind of have made the decision. Like there is a natural there is a natural spot in your heart that has already made this decision that you know would contribute most to your well-being. Um, one requires, one has a lot of requirements that you're legally bound to 
they both require money. They both require time. They both require vulnerability. They both require some risk, you know, putting money down on school, putting money down on a coach training program or your LLC or whatever it is. But I think the bottom line is like, you got to, you got to do what I wasn't doing, which is just trust yourself from the get-go and choose you first. Um, and when I was in college, there was a, this professor, like this really kooky guy who would bring a guitar to our classes and sing like psychology thongs, songs to the theme of like Beatles and stuff is very strange, but I loved him. And like one day he, he told us like, you guys, there's a million ways to be happy. Like you're in this phase of your life where everyone's telling you the route that they think is best for you, but, but there's so many ways to get there. So I will say this, if I knew then what I know now, I still would have got my education. Cause I think that that's a privilege as a woman, like for me, people die trying to get education in other countries. And I would have still went to college that felt really important for me, mm-hmm. but I would have put coaching probably first. I would have built a coaching business um, and then had my therapy, social work stuff more on the side. Because again, for me, it feels more labor intensive. Um, I have less freedom in that space, like creative freedom. Um, mm-hmm. So when I started out, social work and therapy has been my full-time and coaching has been my very part-time, you know, job. And now I'm flip-flopping it to where coaching is the full-time and therapy is more part-time or when I would like to take on clients, because I obviously am am passionate about that as well. So I just would have started coaching earlier and I would have set that up first. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think like some of the, you know, people who are making that decision, like they really don't understand yet. Cause they haven't been through both the way that you have mm-hmm. what the real differences are and how they're going to feel to them. So some of the things that I would think about are like, do you want to be able to start now? Like when I decided yeah, to become true. a certified coach, I, I actually, it's not the exact same thing, but I think it's a great parallel. I had started a master's program in functional human nutrition so I was actually in like a two years master's program to become a nutritionist. And I dropped out of that program to go through a life coaching certification program. And the reason I did that, the number one reason was that I wanted to do it now. Like I wanted to work now and I wanted to help people now. And I wanted to get paid to help people now. And when I realized through having my own coach and just like learning about the field of coaching that I could do it right away. Like while I was in training, I could also get paying clients. That was like crazy to me because Mm -hmm. it wasn't going to be like that for, you know, becoming a a nutritionist. I had to go through Mm -hmm. two years of schooling and then get hours and be paid at a lower rate and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, oh my God, I felt so trapped. So I think that's one thing is like, what is your urgency within Mm -hmm. yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I would think about is like, what is your desire, your appetite for a personal brand? Like, are you someone mm. that, and I'm not That's saying good. you have to be like a giant influencer or like have this huge Instagram following or anything like that, but do you want to have a personal brand is branding and your message and storytelling important to you? Not that you can't do those things as a therapist, you can, but there is a lot more freedom to be connected to mm-hmm. your clients and to um, stay in, in touch and have communities and build online communities. Like, 
you just, you might not even know right now what Mm -hmm. you want your business to look like. But if you're someone who like wants that freedom to be really entrepreneurial and innovative, that's something to think about as well. Cause it is a bit easier as a coach. Um, that's a really good point. I didn't even see, I still, because I have more years of experience as a therapist and I do a coach, like I didn't even think about that, but I think that's, that's what I was getting at with the creative freedom piece. It's like, yeah, yeah. as a therapist, as a therapist, like the fear of God is kind of put into you, like, be careful what you put on social media. Like people are going to find you and use it against you and your family. Like, um, they really discourage you from showing up on social media, like with a brand, like you just kind of want to live your life in peace. Um, right. So and yeah, that's that, what you that want, was a really great. good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But you know, if not, okay. So here's another one. So mm-hmm. level of patience with red tape. Like I am oh, not a patient mm. person and I'm not someone who likes to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to an extent, right. But like, for me, like having to wait for, to pass certain tests, like I was just ready to fly, man. I was just like ready to do something. I was so unhappy so like felt so stuck in my life and yet had this burning, truly like burning desire that I felt like if I didn't burn with it, like it was going to burn me. Like I felt like I needed to create and do and help and talk. And I just needed to feel alive. I felt like so dead for so long. And so, you know, I didn't have a lot of patience for, the time and, you know, the testing and not that like when you go through our coach training, it takes time. It takes six months, but like six months is very different from two years, you Mm -hmm. know, or, or more than that. Right. If you're going through Mm -hmm. clinical hours and stuff like that, last thing or two things, desired income levels, right? Like how Mm -hmm. much money do you want to make? Ultimately it's uncapped either way. But I think that with coaching, there's a little bit more creativity in terms of like doing programs and courses and selling memberships and not just doing one-on-one hours. Um, and then I think another thing to think about is your appetite for student debt. Like even though coach, (laughs) when you put it like that, who who wants to, (laughs) how hungry are you for? No, but like, you know, there's a difference between going through a program that costs $10,000 and paying for it along the way while you're being taught how to get clients and not having, not being told you have to wait versus going through a program, graduating with 50,000 and up in debt or whatever the number is, whatever the number is, but you know, not being able to kind of rebound. Okay, fine. I admit it. I'm making a case case for coaching. (laughs) No, but anyways, my point is, you know, there are ways you can make this decision. And like Sam says, you have to make the decision for yourself. No one can tell you, but I would really encourage you to think about yourself and who you are and what your preferences are and choose from there. That was all, that was all great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was all great. And I also, I also think that a lot of people that may listen to this when they see, yeah, the therapy background stuff is that they already have done that. Like they're not in the mode of deciding. I mean, maybe they are, but even in the admissions advising I've done, it's like a lot of the women that have come in, they, they are either on the precipice of deciding or they already have done it. You know, like they are a therapist. They went and they're like, should I now do this thing? It, like instead. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but that was good. And there were pieces in that, like I said, because I have more training on the one side. I I didn't even actually think about, but you're right. I love all, I love being on social media. Like, well, I was actually making those notes as you were talking. So I think you <laughs> basically said all those things. I was just saying them another way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. We did it. Okay. Ooh. So part of the reason why we're here on the six figure certified coach podcast is to get your six figure story. Dun, dun, dun. Here's where we get vulnerable. And Sam shows us her bank account. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Sam, are you open to telling us your six figures story? Particularly, did you make six figures this year, last year, 2021? I am open to it. And I did. (laughs) Yes, I did. Oh, that's going to be so my, annoying. My, my, my headphones just cut out when you, when you hit the highest point. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I didn't know how to like, what kind of voice to say that in, because I'm still, <laughs> I'm still wrapping my head around that, you know, um, you're so, processing. Yeah. I'm still processing it. And I think like, I'm not going to believe it once I get my like tax returns and stuff or like, you know, once I get all that paperwork, but I know that it is in fact true um I have why, why? like what like I'm not judging you I'm just like genuinely curious like why are you yeah. so shocked oh because this was not this was not supposed to be in the cards for me what like, what do you mean like like there's part of me and y'all like let me just yeah let me just be vulnerable it's like even when you get to a point where you feel like okay I am having like some relative success those like old parts of you, like they're still in there. Like they Mm -hmm. don't actually like go away. You just have to figure out how to sidestep them or just like put them in the back seat. And so, yeah, I think like once I got, you know, I heard from my bookkeepers, what I earned in my coaching business. And then when I combined that, cause I built my coaching business up alongside a very demanding full-time career in mental health. Mm -hmm. So when I put those together, it's like, holy shit, like this is real. But part of me was like, that imposter syndrome came back in like, shit, you know, was this supposed to be like my story? Like it is, but I can't explain it. I'm very excited. I'm very proud of myself. And yeah, I'm still in disbelief because barely two years ago, like at that point I was making, I was making $47,000 a year. I took a new job as a social worker. Yeah. As a social worker, I was making $47,000 a year. When I started coach training, I had taken a new job, a new full-time job where my salary was like 66. And then I got, I got a, I got like a cost of living raise of $2,000 this year. So then I moved up to 68,000. And, and yeah, in my coaching business working about four hours a week. So my bookkeepers helped me break this down. I was in front of a a client, whether it was an individual or a group about four hours a week, which is 16 hours a month. Okay. I made $40,000 and I was making four hours a week, four hours a week, which puts me at like $208 an hour. I was making in coaching. Okay. Um, I was making $47,000 when I signed up for coach training, working 40 hours a week, working 40 hours a week. Wow. Um, so that's, I'm like mine effed. <laughs> I will not have you done the math on what that is per hour. Uh, we don't know do right now, but no, like, that's no, a fun thing no. to do. 
No, it's not. Get out it's your calculators. It's, I know it's not. No, a it, is, it, like, it is well, though. It is though, dude, because like you see like your growth, you see your potential. I'm sure you have, uh, I would think, I don't know, but like, I would think that you have therapists that come to you that are looking for coaching that are like, yeah. how are you doing what you're doing, dude? Like if I yeah. was a social worker making $47,000 a year, I would hire you right now. Or I would like get you to sign me up for coach training. Like I would just be like, fix mm-hmm. my life, dude. Because, mm-hmm. you know, not that money is everything at all, at all, but it really like it, it, it's, we feel empowered when we're making the money that we feel that we deserve for the work that we're doing. We care mm-hmm. so much about what we're doing. We deserve to be paid really well for it. And obviously it opens up doors and it makes a lot of things in life easier, right? Whether it's just like taking care of ourselves and our families or whatever, but you know, Sam, I, I I know that it hasn't been magic, right? This process Mm -hmm. hasn't been magic. It's not like you just like became a coach and then you were making more money in four hours a week, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know that a big part for you has been your money story and working Mm -hmm. on your money story. So can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how your money story changed since you became a certified coach. It's because I'm like, there's just so much in my brain right now, even though I was thinking about this, knowing that like, this is the topic that we're talking about, but just talking about it out loud, my brain's like, blue, blue. so anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So my money story, Ooh, it has significantly changed from crying in the shower to, I talk about money all the time. And like right now in coaching, it's probably the primary area I coach around. It just has wow. kind of ha- happened. Oh yeah. Rich girl. Um, That's what you're like. <laughs> what's your program? <laughs> It's not necessarily a program, but I I'm running running a challenge. It's called the rich bitch challenge. Okay. I'm like rich girl. I'm a (laughs) Gwen Stefani over there. I don't know. Just keep going. Okay. So I think the first thing was like, um, I I had to heal like my very shitty fear-based relationship with money. So yeah, yeah, I, I just was terrified of all, all aspects of money, honestly, like having money and handling it wrong and having the IRS come after me, like a no joke, regular thought that would go through my head on any given. Oh, day. that was a fear. I thought you were yeah, saying that happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, <laughs> no. Um, that has not happened, but no, they're just like, that's how extreme my brain oh, is. And I, I know that you. there's people that are going to listen to this, that like your brain goes to like the I worst, hear that. worst case scenario. So yeah. I was afraid that if I had money, I was going to handle it wrong. And I, wow. someone was going to come after me. Oh I was God. afraid that if I didn't have money, I was going to end up living in a car. Um, and I was afraid then I think like the tertiary thing was like, I was afraid of how people would view me when I started having money, because I grew up in a, in an area, um, in a community that most people lived, you know, very low middle-class or were in poverty. Like Mm -hmm. that's the reality of like where I grew up. And I was afraid that like the core of who I was, was somehow going to change. And then people were going to look at me and see me as like this evil person because I had money. So I just was afraid of it. And I had to work on like separating my identity, like the truth of who I was and also my worth as a person from an actual dollar bill. And 
And then taking it a step further as an entrepreneur, I had to separate my worth as a person from the market value of my skill set. I cannot stand the phrase like, like, like get paid for your worth or whatever. We've talked about this before. I feel like we talked about this on a live once. Yeah. Like I can't stand that phrase because. Right. Because your worth like is immeasurable. Yeah. You can't measure it. It's a completely separate thing. It's like if I held up a Chanel bag and I was like, you know, the value of the Chanel bag is just whatever price Chanel decides to price the bag. Speaking of which, Chanel, fun fact, had two price raises this year. Their medium bag, one of my good friends has a um, a resale business. Mm-hmm. And so I get like DL info, but the medium size Chanel bags were, I think this is right, 6,700 at the beginning of this year. They did a price raise to 7,700 mid-year. And then in November, I believe they did another price raise, exact same bag, 8,800. Those might be slightly off, but it's about that, or I might be exactly wow. right. Who knows? But wow. it just, it's, it's a very tangible example. Like the bag is the bat, the price of the bag is the price of the bag. The price mm-hmm. of your coaching is the price of your coaching. The price of, it's just the price. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with is the bag, like it's all perceived value from the consumer's perspective, but it's also Chanel saying like, these are luxury items. We're in a pandemic and people are still investing in this. We can do that. Right. So a lot Mm -hmm. of it is also just what the brand chooses to do. And you as a brand, this is why I was saying earlier, if you're someone who wants control over these things and, and wants to be able to change these things very quickly, then coaching might be a better career path for you. But you know, your value is not directly connected to your pricing. Yeah. And besides like a few different thought beliefs, like the core of who I am, like this really quirky, very outspoken, stubborn ass Italian person is the same as when I was making 29,000 after a bachelor's degree from a near Ivy league school is the same as when I graduated my master's degree and started out at 47 and is the same now you know, as a business owner making 108,000, like I am the same Sam as I was like that hasn't besides some thoughts, like that hasn't really changed. And I remember my dad telling, Oh, I remember my dad telling me growing up, like money only makes people more of what they already are. Mm -hmm. So if like, you're already a generous person, it'll make you more Mm -hmm. generous. If you're already Mm -hmm. like stingy mother F It'll make you more like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I really believe that, that money is kind of a, um, an expander. It just mm-hmm. makes, you know, it can create more of what mm-hmm. already is. So yeah. be a good person at every level of your life. Yeah. Okay. Tell us a little bit about signing your first coaching client, because you've had a six figure year, you're killing it. You can't believe how much of a badass you are. I can, but you can't, (laughs) but you started somewhere, right? You started with like your first client Mm -hmm. at some point. What was that like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know this client would, would allow me to say her name. And I think she would be like honored to be spoken about in this way. Cause it's actually one of my like relatively close friends. Um, her name's Lisa. So yeah, Lisa was my first coaching client and Lord, I was a little scrappy scrap (laughs) like I had no bells and whistles y'all I think like that's the biggest that's the biggest myth in entrepreneurship is like in order to start selling you have to have everything set up 
um, like a website and all that stuff. No, I, it was just me. I made a post on social media. I said, I started this coach training program. This is it y'all. This is like the big decision I wanted to make. I started it and I really need to start seeing people to like get a grasp on what I'm doing. I'm an experiential learner and I need people to step up to the plate and volunteer basically to, to do this with me. So, um, so yeah, my, my, my friend Lisa reached out, we, we used to work together and she was like, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with some like self-esteem kind of body image stuff. Um, and I, I look up to you in this arena and I want your support. So I was like, you know, how does 50, 75 bucks sound like a, a session? Is that good? And she was like, yeah, that's great. Like makes sense. So we just went for it. Like, we, I think I was, I signed her like maybe week two of coach training, like, or wow. coming into week two. Um, because just like you, when you told me you earned it back, I was like, if she could, I could do it too. Like going back to that thing. So yeah, that I just kind of started with her and I was very scrappy and I, I was straight up with her and I'm so grateful that she hung in there with me and allowed me to basically like practice, mm -hmm. but she had, a, she had an incredible transformation. Like she started a business. She, um, is now in motherhood, which was like a huge dream of hers. And like, she had this incredible transformation and she just allowed me to, to learn. So yeah, I just put it out there. And then someone, you know, in my network just reached out. Um, if she wouldn't have reached out, I was, I was also messaging people and just saying like, Hey, I'm going to do this at like a huge discount because I need to get people in the door. I don't have a website for you to look at. It's just me, but I I'm in a, I'm in a program. Someone's, someone's watching me here. Like just, mm. you know, can you trust me? And we just, yeah, we just sort of went for it. Um, yeah. So just some background for our listeners, when IGC has a very experiential program, meaning that we believe in learning through experiencing. And so one of the things that we encourage slash push our students to do is to take pro bono or low bono clients right away when they're in training. And we encourage you as quickly as possible to get to billing 150 an hour ish, right? Like ultimately you get to say, but that's our recommendation for where you're starting. And that's exactly what Sam did, right? Like, so within two weeks of coach training, she got her first paying client. It was not the rate that she charges now, but it was, she was getting paid for coaching for the first time ever. Right. So mm -hmm. pro bono or low bono is something that we really encourage you to do. And then like Sam's saying, like you're, you're learning and you're getting paid. It's really a cool experience. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, if I'm, if I'm making the investment to do this, I'm going to take every single ounce of like support or resources that I can. So you know, I used all the PDFs we got sent. Like I still have them on my computer, you mm -hmm. know, like I was using those. I was going like the wonderful Laura Weldy was my primary coach trainer, mm -hmm. um, the, for that first semester. And she was like, you go girl. Like I, we got you like, you know, any questions you have, like bring them into the calls. And then we, we you know, we were practicing inside the call. So I would think about, okay, what, you know, what are, what am I doing in this next session? And then I would volunteer to practice inside the call and get feedback on it. So mm. I was, I was using everything. Um, and ultimately, like I said, it really worked out. And every time I took on a new client, I raised the price just a little bit more 
but yeah, initially mm-hmm. I had nothing but my zoom account and it wasn't even, it wasn't even the paid version. It was when you get to 40 minutes and you have to restart. Yeah. I was doing the, okay, we're about to hit 40 minutes. I'm going to send you a new link. And then just wow. like, come back on. like when I say scrappy, I'm like, this is the real deal, man. This is, dude. I've I got respect for that. <laughs> I'd yeah. still be on a free line today, but <laughs> Um, I love that. Okay. Sam, it's been so, so fun having you on. You've been so open, so vulnerable, really peeled back the curtain, pulled back the curtain, peeled the onion. I don't know, pulling and peeling, but you've been really open with us. And I know for everyone listening that it's just so cool to hear someone's real story and hear someone be so vulnerable about their experience while also learning so much. But I do, before we go have one final question. Mm -hmm. So if you could go back in time, what would you say to yourself pre becoming a certified coach, pre going through coach training, pre launching your business, like right before we got on the phone, when you were like freaking out, what would you say to yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yep. I really stumped her on this one. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. No, if you could go back in time and tell yourself anything, what would it be when you were in that period where you were like, Mm -hmm. just you're, you you will survive and there's more coming. You will survive and there's more coming. Like you can't even imagine what's coming, but you're going to survive this. And there is more coming. Like, I think that's what I would say. If I was your old self, I'd be like, (laughs) I need a little more than that. I would, well, my old self would know that that meant like good things because yeah, I was operating under this premise of every time something good happens, something bad follows. And I think my mindset would have been like, if I could go back now, I would say like, you're going to survive this and not everything is going to be crumbling in front of you. Like the world is not so black and white and like, there's more, you know, amazing things coming for you and you just need to hang in there and like, trust yourself and just know, like you like I said before, like, no, I got this. I I've never put myself in a situation that I can't get out of. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how to summarize that any better. Honestly, that was, I love you. It's perfect. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sam. So where, if we want to hang out with you more, if we want to watch your cute reels and TikToks or whatever the kids call it these days. <laughs> Where can we find you on the internet? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like most of my coaching stuff is, is housed on Instagram. So my handle is, um, that's what Sam underscore said. That's what Sam said. Um, and then I do also have a free Facebook community, um, for whether it's past clients or people just wanting to dip their toe into seeing what coaching is about. It's called the clear and confident woman collective. Um, I co-founded that with another graduate of IGC, Emma Holland. Um, so we have that Facebook community that you can look up and join. Um, and then I think finally, if you want to get more formal and read more, lots of details about me, you can just go to my website. It's just www.samsinet.com. So your website's also like not super formal. It's like very cute and fun. I was reading it the other day. Oh, were you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, this was so fun. I loved having you. I love spending time together. Hope the feeling was mutual yes, and it was. can't wait to do it again soon. I know. I learned so many new things about you too. I feel like from this, this was really great. Thanks for having me. Let's face it. The world needs you and your clients are waiting. 
This is the year you make it happen and become a six-figure certified coach doing exactly what you were called to do. If you loved this episode, give us a five-star review and share it with someone else who's ready to make moves and answer their calling. We can't wait to see you next week and help you make your first or your next six figures as a certified coach. 